Uh, good evening. Um, it's uh, good to see everyone here this evening. Um, uh, tonight's lesson uh, is going to come from the, the book of Luke. But before we get, begin, um, I wanted to share a, a short story that I, that I read online. Um, it goes, a group of friends were deer hunting and paired off in twos uh, for the day. That night, one of the hunters returned alone, staring under an eight-point book. Uh, Where's Harry? Uh, he was asked. Harry had a stroke of some kind. Uh, he's a couple of miles back on the trail. You left Harry laying there and carried the deer back? Well, said the hunter, I figured no one was going to steal Harry. Um, one of the hardest things that we face uh, is, is setting our priorities correctly. Sometimes we even surprise ourselves and others on our priorities. There's a lot that we can say about uh, our own priorities uh, verbally, but when it comes down to it, as Gandhi said, action expresses priorities. Um, even the, the founder of, of McDonald's, Ray Kroc, was asked by a reporter what he believed in. And he answered, I believe in God, my family, and McDonald's, he said. And then he added, when I get to the office, I reverse the order. Um, I, I also saw something from um, uh, this, this article in Our Daily Bread. It's, it's a little bit uh, dated of an article, but I think it's still... Uh, the numbers uh, that they, they researched still kind of hold true. So back in 1992, uh, they, did a, they did a study of how much time we spend in different aspects of our lives. So in, in order of uh, most time to least time, they go like this. Sleep, 23 years of, a, of about a 70-year life. 23 years is spent in sleep. It's about 32 to 33% of your life. Next is work. About 16 years is spent at work, about 22 to 23% of your life. Next is TV, eight years of your life. Uh, that's a, about 11%. Eating is six years, and travel is also six years, coming in around 9%. Leisure, four and a half years, which is about 6.5% of your life. Illness, four years. That's a lot of time to be sick. Um, it's about 6% of your life. Getting dressed, you spend two years of your life doing. It's about 3%. And religion, half a year. Um, and it's 0.7%. It's kind of staggering to see um, what uh, the, the world around us um, sets as their priorities. And I don't know if these numbers were of Christian households or, or just general households or, or anything like that, but... Um, we can clearly see the priorities are, um, should, should be shifted, you would think. But tonight, um, I want to look and take a glance at the life of Matthew. And someone that we, we know little bit, very little about, but we can infer that he had his priorities in line. So tonight, I want to look at the Apostle Matthew briefly. Who he was and what we know about him, his calling, his immediate actions after becoming an apostle, and finish up with a few other scriptures about what the Bible says about our priorities. So to, to start, let's look at what we know about Matthew's background. His name was Matthew, or Levi, and he was the son of Alphaeus. What else do we know about him? Besides writing the Gospel of Matthew, not very much. Um, 
we, we know that he was a tax collector, and because of this fact, and um, in one of the passages that we'll see tonight, he had sinners eating at his house. One author um, speculated or jumped to the conclusion that he was probably the most sinful of the apostles. Whether that's true or not, um, he at least was around uh, other sinful people, and he was a tax collector. As a tax collector, he was in a profession of some of the most despised people. And as a Jew, it would have been even worse. To think about his job, just collecting money from people. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not really a big fan of paying taxes, or, or, or sales tax for that matter. Um, and Kristen is uh, high on the list of those that do not like paying sales tax. I remember one of our first trips uh, to the mall in college. She's in line to buy something that costs about $19.99. I was beside her, and I might be a little overly um, observant at times, and I looked down, I watched her pull out a $20 bill out of her pocket, um, put away her wallet, and I informed her pretty quickly that she was gonna need more money than the 20 to, to pay for it. She, she kind of looks at me puzzled, and uh, I remind her that she forgot to account for tax when she mutters, grr, I hate sales tax. Being from the state of New Hampshire, uh, without any sales tax, I can see how that's quite frustrating uh, going other places and, and having to pay for it. But this time of year, we also um, just finished up tax season, and none of us, I think, particularly care for the IRS and them hounding us for, for our taxes either. And as a tax collector at that time, uh, they would have had to collect more money than the government needed uh, to be able to make money for themselves. Um, they weren't necessarily given a wage, but they just asked for a little bit more money on top um, to make sure that they had a good living. And some of the tax collectors had very good lives, so you can think that some tax collectors might have asked for a little bit more than others, um, uh, probably driving up um, the hatred towards them. Um, so, but instead of uh, uh, mailing our taxes in, uh, they had to go down to the booth where a tax collector would see your paperwork, then charge you extra for submitting your taxes. So Matthew was clearly not in a profession that would have made him popular. Um, but besides his calling uh, that we're going to look about here in, in just a second, um, he must have been humble and stayed in the background for most things. Even in the book of Matthew, he only mentions himself twice. Um, the only other times that uh, he's mentioned, besides really his calling in, in the first story we're going to look at this evening, um, is in Matthew chapter 10 and Acts 1, where he's in a list of all 12 apostles. But so let's turn to the book of Matthew, um, starting in chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. And let's take a look at his calling. Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 5, starting in 27 through 28. And it reads, I'm sorry, did I say Matthew? I'm so messed up. Luke? Chapter 5, we'll look at Matthew here in a second. Luke 5, 27 through 28. And it reads, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now, I don't know how um, you all are at work, um, but when I get into my work, I really don't like to be distracted. Um, I... I I have lots of people coming into my office asking for different things here, here and there, uh, whether it's to seek my help, ask a quick question about a project I'm leading, uh, seek out a conversation, um, 
Sometimes I wish I could hide a little bit more behind my monitors and, and, and duck a little bit lower. Um, sometimes I close the door and pretend not to be in there and hope that they'll go away and send me an email instead. Um, I often ask uh, if they do find me, uh, if I could at least finish my thoughts, email, or catch up with them in a few minutes. But we don't see that same reaction from, from Matthew, um, reacting to when Jesus comes. Jesus comes to him at his place of work and says, follow me. And Matthew, not doing what I just described about asking for more time, we, he doesn't ask for another five minutes. Um, we don't see him asking if someone can cover the rest of his shift. We see him taking a huge act of faith, dropping everything that he had, everything that he was doing, and he followed Jesus. It continues to amaze me um, when reading the scriptures about uh, most of the apostles, um, where Jesus sought them. They were just so ready to, to be called, uh, to, to, drop, to drop whatever they had in front of them, and to follow him. He was ready, and he knew his scriptures. His gospel actually references the Old Testament about 99 times. That's more than the other three gospels combined. This was probably hard for him as a tax collector because he wasn't necessarily allowed to enter the temple. Um, he would have had to study on his own, and it's to his credit that he knew the gospel or the Old Testament that well, that well, and he knew to be looking for a Christ, to be looking for our Savior, that he was ready when he was called. Next, let's continue um, in, in chapter five of Luke and uh, see his immediate reaction after following him. Luke five. Again, in 29, it reads, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect uh, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Before we dive into the feast or the banquet, I think it's worth noting the subtle difference in the parallel passage in Matthew. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 10, it reads, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. In Matthew's version of the, in Matthew's account, we see a little bit more of his humility coming out. Luke records that Matthew held this great banquet for Jesus where in Matthew's own account, he humbly states that he had Jesus over for dinner. Nothing more, nothing less. Whichever way it was, um, it was a great act, next act of faith. To have just left his job, immediately reaching out to other tax collectors and sinners, and probably some that he might have just left behind to, to pick up the work that uh, he had just left them. Um, and not just a few. Matthew records, and uh, many, Luke records it as a large crowd. Matthew was excited to be following Jesus, uh, to have this opportunity to bring folks into his home, to invite others that he knew. Additionally, we see in this passage that Jesus took this opportunity to preach um, and to teach. I think it's important to, um, to, to remember that we do not know the time or place that Jesus will use us in our lives use the situation that we're in or provides us. But we should continue to be ready for Jesus to provide us with opportunities to share him with others 
and teach others his way, his mission, and his love. And that kind of concludes a lot about what we know about Matthew. Um, but uh, let's continue to look at a couple other examples of uh, some other tax collectors that were also getting their priorities straight. Maybe it was just coincidence. Maybe it has something to do with their hearts seeking to find out, uh, uh, to find more out of life than their materialistic uh, uh, professions. But we see two other tax collectors setting their priorities straight, aligning them with Jesus and God. We first see the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19, who went out of his way to be able to see Jesus. And in Luke chapter 18, we see Jesus praising another tax collector over the Pharisee. And let's turn there um, in Luke 18, starting in verse 9. Luke 18, starting in verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves exalted. We see that this tax collector, recognizing his own shortcomings, we see him seeking God's mercy first. In contrast, we see the Pharisees seeking to be praised for just being better than others. Let's make sure that our um, priorities are aligned. We see other examples throughout the Bible of where we need to be placing uh, Jesus and God first in our lives. The Bible gives us some, some drastic examples of leaving our dead behind, maybe even leaving our families behind if, if the God is not our number one priority. We see in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. A few verses later, um, down in verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Over in Luke chapter 12 and 34, it reads, For where your treasure is, there will be your hearts also. Jesus humbled the prideful, exalted the lowly. Let's make sure we do not become too boastful, prideful, and self-absorbed. Let us humble ourselves so that Jesus can lift us up and not the other way around. Sometimes in life, uh, we have something of significance that happens uh, to us that reminds us of where our priorities should be. We get shaken by a car accident, a loved one passing away, or maybe a health issue like cancer, and we quickly refocus and realize where our priorities should be. Jesus tried to simplify things for us uh, when he was asked about the greatest commandments. He's, um, what the greatest commandments were. He said to, simply said to love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. 
let us not wait uh, for an life-altering event to have to take place before we get our priorities straight. Let us start right now to realign our priorities. Let us seek God and his kingdom first. Then let us watch all of our other priorities fall into the right place after him. As Jesus stated in Mark uh, chapter 8 and verse 36, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Let us make sure our soul is in the right place with God. And that kind of concludes my, my, my lesson for this evening. We see uh, Matthew uh, aligning his priorities straight, leaving his profession and his job behind. We see him putting God first um, in, in his life. If you haven't had the opportunity to put God first in your life and, and you would like to, to take that first step of uh, confession, repentance, and baptism tonight, um, let your need be known. If you have something else on your hearts this evening that, uh, where God hasn't been your number one priority um, or something else where you need the prayers of the church, please let it be known as we stand and sing.